Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Sheila Speaks, a podcast designed and created to empower you, to educate you, to inspire and impact your life, the way you live your life, how life is for you, and the things that matter most to you. Today, we have an extraordinary guest who happens to also be a really dear friend of mine, and that is Jean Lloyd. So I want to share with you just a little bit about Miss Lloyd here. Jean Lloyd is a very extensively trained consultant in the realm of cultural architect. The basis of what she does is to access what already exists within any given culture. The language that is being used and the worldview that currently exists. Now, I know some of y'all don't know what that means, but Jean Lloyd is going to share that with us and get that clear for us. Her commitment is to bridge the gap between what's known and unknown factors that stymie communication, collaboration, and mutual respect. And do we need that now? All of this is achieved through communication. Her philosophy is that language unlocks all doors. She's been working over 32 years in this area and has impacted over 300,000 lives. She works with leaders to find their voice. She causes other leaders in the areas that matter to them. And her work is designed to impact individuals seeking to transform prevailing issues in their culture and community. It's extensive training in human development, language, integrity, and team building, and designed to leave a legacy of leadership for generations to come. Now, the biggest thing about Jean Lloyd, she was born in Colorado Springs on Christmas (laughs) Day. So this is an early gift for you. (laughs) Hello, Jean, how are you? Hello, I'm fine. I'm over here getting tickled by the way that you're creating me. I love it. I love how you uh, just kind of hang on every word and start to uh, create something. And it helps me get present to who I am. Just It does, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with us today. Um, so, Jane, I want to start with, let's just start right off the bat, uh, What is a cultural architect or cultural architecture? Yeah, I um, created that because I had so many people um, calling me. They didn't know what to call me. I mean, all that work I would do with them, it's hard to talk about what I actually do. And I thought, well, it's not life coach. Uh, and, and, and I even have people who call me Coach Gene Lloyd. I'm well known as Coach Gene Lloyd. Yeah. It's kind of the handle that began to st- stick uh, since I made my full transition into work with uh, communities and culture. Um, but uh, when I got clear about what I was actually doing, that's when I came up with cultural architect. I'll say the, the thing about a cultural architect, a cultural architect is, is like tears apart the blueprint of what it is to be in the culture that you're in, uh, pulls apart the, the architecture of all the conversations 
that make up your culture, makes up your community, makes up your world. And see, I believe that's the access to everything is what what communications are the glue behind your culture? And it's not a culture, it's culture. You know, nurses have a culture. Doctors have a culture. Um, uh, There's all kinds of ways people are bound together by their beliefs, their traditions, their love. And I'm committed to keeping culture alive because that's where we live. That's where we thrive. That's where we get our art. That's where we get everything. It's just everything. Wow. I want to have you have power. I got to find out what you're saying to yourself and to others. Great. Wow. And so this is really great Um, and and very interesting. Um, What do you deal with? So you work with a lot of people in community and a lot of leaders in community. What is it that you see you deal with specifically in this climate, this community climate right now? What do you what do you say? People are dealing with a lot of confusion. Mm. There's a lot of noise. And they're upset because they're not clear about what's real and what isn't. And see, communication is not about truth. It's about what is real for you. But it gets hard to see that when you're obscured with so much noise. Mm-hmm. So many people saying so many things. We got our, our, our authorities not speaking from data. They're speaking, from, they're speaking to get somewhere. They're speaking to fix something. They're they're speaking in a way to get what they want Mm -hmm. rather than taking care of the people. So now you're watching just on the street, just crowds of people trying to find their way. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like we know. Okay, we know racism exists. That's not new. We know poverty exists. Mm -hmm. We know that... uh, that there are a lot of human rights violations. We know this, we've been knowing this for centuries. Here's the issue, it ain't enough to know it, you gotta know what to do about it. That's what I do, connect the dots for people. You can get it up on the map, but I take it from the known realm into, and what do you do about it? So you're not stuck with racism, they're not stuck with poverty, they're not stuck with anything because now when they see the truth, I can now say, okay, let's see what we shall do about that, shall we? And then people walk out of that daggum thing with power and freedom and they ready to play, they ready to roll and they got got a partner. Yeah. Show them how to walk that walk, money, walk that talk, money, you know. Though that's really great what you're saying. So would you say, and I'm just asking, would you say the work that you do provides people with uh, creating model cities, model communities, something new? Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting you use the word model. Because I, I think I came out of the womb working on this. Uh, I think I made a promise before I came here. Wow. That I would uh, emancipate all human spirit. And it's just been, it's like my whole life is about bringing love into the world through your actions and your deeds. See, I believe if love was at the basis of everything, there would be no, there wouldn't be a need for war. You, you know how to speak your truth, 
and get another's truth and open up the world to light and life. And um, I've been fortunate because I've had, yeah, I've had a lot of um, people say no to me, mm-hmm. but I've learned from the no. I've learned from the from all of the hard times. I've learned from the good times. I know how to take my lumps and then turn those lumps into real possibility. That's what I do. So it doesn't seem jealous. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, so it doesn't even feel like work. It, I just feel like I'm playing all the time. Yeah, I have to make myself go to bed. <laughs> Yo, you know, it's really great. That's a whole nother topic. You know, when one is fulfilled and you're doing what you love to do, mm. it doesn't occur like work. It's just what you love to do. That's right. Um, but yeah. you hit upon a great uh, a, a great point about love. Yeah. You know, because we say, you know, love can move a mountain. Oh, yeah. When nothing else could help, the church hymn, love lifted me. You know, so there's just so much we could say about love. And um, I guess that leads me to tell us about, you started to talk about it, like from the womb, from the time you were born. (laughs) That's right. Tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got here. Oh, my so at a very young age, um, they used to have me in front of the church. I was I was a little I was a, a little a little fella, <laughs> right? And um, you know they would it, when we come out of Sunday school, they asked me to stand in front of the church and share what happened in Sunday school. And um, and so my father didn't really uh, teach us religion; he taught us spirituality, a very deep and abi- abiding kind of deep-rooted thing, and I learned the value of language from that. Uh, In the beginning was the word. Yeah. Uh, Let there be light, there there was light. You kind of get, you know, a kid doesn't have a lot of noise. So it was just real simple to me. If you say it, that's how it's going. So (laughs) that's what that means. And so my father would spend a lot of time helping us understand the uh, the power of word. And then also the, the other piece to it was my grandmother was a storyteller. So I learned how to tell great stories. Yeah. Now, now when, you're, when you have that kind of background in the church and you're real close to, you know, that, the realm of, of, of the stories in the Bible and you have a storyteller as a grandmother, uh, it, it helped me begin to consider that the best way to be able to understand life is stories. So I studied Greek mythology, Roman mythology. Um, I was like, nine, 10 years old. And I was, I could tell you everything about Greek mythology, Roman mythology. I could tell you what it meant. And um, I think I was just, I was studying people. I I used to love other kids be playing and I'd be sitting at the window watching them play. And I think I was studying what put them together. What had them play the way they played and who did they, why did they play the way they play? I was always very philosophical. My mother said I, I, I was born old. <laughs> she said, well, I can get that about you. Yeah, because when I met you, I thought, I said, wow, she's a genius. She's the smartest person I've ever met. <laughs> You're like a historian. I do know that about you. Anything else about what got you here where you are? Well, when, if, you, if you fast forward and get me all the way into high school, I was always a leader. Mm-hmm. it's interesting uh, leaders don't pick themselves the people pick them 
they, whenever something happens in the world order, and especially in Egypt, I remember that this when they had their overthrow, they asked, where's your leader? And people looked. See, if they don't say, then there is not one at all. The people pick the leader. So they always pick me to be the leader of something. And I'd say, okay, all right. But I know why they did it. It was because I knew who people are. I know right away, even when they try to fool me and make me believe something else, I, yeah. I just know who people are. So by the time I got to college, I started studying all kinds of things, philosophy for one thing. And at this point, I know a lot in the realm of uh, epistemology, phenomenology, ontology. As a matter of fact, I call what I do urban ontology. Very so good. Literally working with people around the conversations and how are they being when they're doing it. So I can take all of the rage and the upset and the heartbreak and the despair and move it into an extraordinarily powerful power called, what is my word in the matter? Mm. So it moves from talking about something into an action about something and in the right mindset to do it. Great. The mindset of connecting, not destroying. Very great. Yeah. I was about to say, for those of you listening, if you don't know what those words mean, You'll have to get your dictionary. So sometimes when you listen to Sheila Speaks, it requires a little bit more work, okay? All right, great. So Jean, you said this several times in the conversation. And for people listening, I would like for you to talk more about what you mean when you say noise. Oh, in the context good. of that noise, individually, in community, in leadership, like, you know, so that people really get clear about what you're saying. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to unpack it. There's so many different ways to unpack it. I'm going to unpack it from culture. Okay. So um, each individual is impacted by many different cultures. Mm -hmm. Maybe being a woman. Yeah. Maybe being black. Maybe being a nurse. It's just many, many cultures that make up the, the totality of a human, Right. Each of those cultures is grounded in narratives. And many of these narratives are centuries old. Mm. So if you look at black or you say African-American, immediately there's like thousands of conversations attached to that, none of which was designed by us. So it's what people are saying about the culture as much as it is that what you say about it. But as far as I can tell, is what people are saying about the culture that's making the biggest impact because they're not really asking the culture. They're telling the culture. They're selling the culture. They are exploiting the culture, which makes it hard for you to find and create your culture. Wow. So you have people out there who have exploited it so much that there's no word from the people who created it. So that's why urban ontology, that's why cultural architect, like what I'm literally doing is saying, this is what the world, I put it up where you can see it. Okay. This is what the world is saying about you. This is what you're saying about yourself as a culture. Which of these do you want to keep? Which, which of these do you want to take away? 
And it just turns into this miraculous thing. Like I've done it with, I'm working on uh, a number of fronts right now. I'm out transforming the civil rights movement. There's a lot of, I'm working with ACLU. And, and what does ACLU mean? Um, it's uh, American Civil Liberties Union. Great. They, the one here in Maryland has been there. This affiliate has been around since 1931. Got it. And for the first time in its entire history, they have their first black executive director. So it was primarily lawyers, all white, who stood for it and are continuing to stand for equity. Great. Racial justice mm. and empowerment. Um, but there's still all these old narratives that have been around for decades that are not a match for now. Mm -hmm. So let's say in that instance, when they say anti-racism, I ask them, do you want to keep that? Because the minute you say you're against something, you become it. And they're like, what? <laughs> I, I want you to know, I, you could have thought I had said a bad curse word when I said right. anti-racism. But when I got through breaking it down, it's like, no, no, just understand the thing you're against, you become. Just look at it. If somebody calls you a name and then you fight back forcefully with a name, you have just become like them. So let's see if we can come up with some different kind of language now. And now the language they're speaking is, is sweeping over the organization. They're starting to come up with new actions, new ways of dealing with massive, blunt force, trauma type racism. Wow. And be able to look at it and, and get clear about what communication am I going to deliver where we end up winning our game? It's about winning. It's not about overcoming. So that's how we, we keep bringing in the language of empowerment and then helping them take the actions. See, if I just gave them that, they would transform. But then the question is, can they sustain it? Yes. And it takes those actions. Yeah. Yes. That's urban ontology. It's awesome. having not just surfacing the thing, but having them win and sustain it over time. All right. Well, Jane, I think you're someone that people are looking for and searching for. And that being said, you know, given what we're dealing with in the world today and have been dealing with, um, who are some of the interesting people you've met? Oh along my your goodness. I've, um, I've met uh, Nelson Mandela. Wow. Uh, President uh, Jimmy Carter. Um, President Clinton. Uh, quite a few celebrities. I've worked with quite a few celebrities. Good. Uh, and um, I can't really say their names. I have a not a confidence. <laughs> I got it. I was just being nosy and the <laughs> listeners are being nosy right with me. Oh, and, boy, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I've worked with the mayor here in Baltimore. I've worked with uh, the police commissioners here. Um, I've worked with um, uh, several civil rights organizations, archdiocese uh, ministries. Um, I've worked with the HBCUs, quite a few HBCUs like, like Morehouse, uh, School of Medicine. I've worked with Morgan State University. Um, I mean, there's, there's a long list of people I've worked with. And um, 
I've worked with uh, internationally. I've worked in um, throughout the diaspora. Um, I've worked in Ghana. I've worked in. I've also worked in Haiti. Uh, I've been over oh, there that's twice. Right, I remember. Yeah. Right. Before the uh, earthquake and afterwards, I was working with farmers up in the mountains. That's right. Working with them uh, uh, to help them um, recover their power. You know, they're still living inside of what happened uh, when they were so enslaved by the French. And then, of course, their own began to take. I wish we had time because I got stories. But at any rate. I know you do. Well, <laughs> we'll have you back again. We'll definitely have you back. This was so uh impactful, inspiring, and and really educational and uplifting. It was everything this podcast is for. So, um, yeah, yes, just awesome. In closing, uh, Jean Loy, and this is Jean Loy, for those of you listening, cultural architect. Um, What do you love most about what you do and where you are right now in your life? What I love most about what I do is I get to touch people's lives. Hmm. I get to be myself. I don't have to pretend to be anything anymore or to fit a certain box. I'm actually free. I'm outside the box. Yeah. I'm creating. I'm just creating and creating and creating. And I love watching people start one way with me. A lot of times, pretty, even if they're successful, that spark isn't there anymore. Yeah. And I love to see that when that spark comes back and they're in love with their life again and they're in love with their kids again and they're in their family and they're making great money and they're doing it in a way that that's empowering to the people around them. I love people being successful on their own terms. And so when I see that, there's no money that can pay for that. Wow. That's what I love about my work. And I love that my parents are still alive to see my success. Uh, After, you know, starting, my mom wasn't poor. My father, <laughs> that was another thing. And he survived some really challenging times in the Deep South as a young boy. But um, I think what I love most of all is I love that I am making my people right about who we are. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Gene. You got me in tears. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Gene Lloyd. And to all of you listening, God bless you and have a great, great day. Bye-bye. See you next week. 